0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are listening to Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Fix. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am your host for today's edition of Calvary Live, ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the number that is given that you can call and be on the air, and and, uh, we can have a discussion uh, concerning the scriptures or questions you may have or uh, prayer request that uh, the, you want to lift up to the Lord, that number is 303-690-3000. That will work anywhere in the United States. If you are listening on Grace FM live along the front range of Colorado into southern Wyoming, or if you are listening on the East Coast on Truth FM or, Grace, or Hope FM, then we invite you to call in at that number. You are a week delayed, but we can... Uh, get you on the air, and you will reach somebody when you call, and we'll talk about the things of the Lord. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And there's also a dedicated text line for you to be able to uh, text in a question or a prayer request, and that number is 720-336-0897. Again, that number is 720-336-0897. So I'd love to hear from you. This is really your show, the listener. And I'd like to welcome all the online listeners as well. I know there are some online listening. You can call anywhere in the country at that number. And let's talk about the things of the Lord. Maybe you got a question about the Bible. Maybe a question about Christian living or our worldview as Christians. Uh, There's a lot of things around us that that we wonder, how do we respond to those things? How do I become a witness as a Christian? Uh, There's just... um, A lot of things that perhaps you're thinking, uh, how do I talk to somebody uh, that is going through different things in life? So I want to be a blessing, want to be a help to you in any way that I can. So 303-690-3000, we have open lines. Grab one of those open lines. Well, traditional summer is over now. We find ourselves in September, and we find ourselves in the fall season. And as we begin a new season, I just want to be able to Uh, encourage you that perhaps you're in a different season spiritually right now. Um, As we change seasons, it reminds me of what uh, Paul writes in Acts chapter 20, where he says, you know what manner of man I was in all seasons. And and he goes on to talk about how he brought the gospel to uh, them, the elders of Ephesus, and and to the people uh, that he was one that ministered faithfully, even though Uh, He was uh, being persecuted in every way, Uh, but he goes on and he says that I am determined uh, to run my race with joy with the ministry that the Lord has given to me. He says, I don't count any of these things dear to my life, and I pray for you and for me that whatever race that you're running, yesterday um, I ran the Fortitude up here in Fort Collins at 10K. Getting older, it gets harder and my body's really feeling it today. And maybe perhaps some of you listening, you ran that same race, but it was a lot of fun. I ran with uh, my family, and we had a great time. But what I pray is that that you run your race with endurance, and whatever season that you're in spiritually, uh, that, that you would continue to hang on to the Lord, be blessed by the Lord. Um, grow in the things of the Lord, the Word of God. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's go to line one to Tim in Loveland. Hey, Tim. Hello. How are you, Tim? You're on Calvary Live.
1: Oh, thank you, Pastor Jeff. I appreciate it. It's always yes. nice to hear you and get oh, your insight you. and your it. wisdom.
0: You bet, absolutely.
1: So, so my question today is... Uh, yeah, I was at the parade yesterday in Loveland or in Windsor when the little boy had, you know, they had that accident and everything. And so my coworker and I today were talking about that. And I know it's on the radio and I don't want to cause any heartache or anything, bringing it up. But he wanted to know, you know, with everything going on in his life and with that going on and uh, he keeps saying, you know, why, you know, why do bad things happen? Right. You know, and I, I know he's talking about because you know we have a lot of spiritual discussions, you know, stuff like that. And I try to give him as much insight as I can, but that's just one thing that I can't answer.
0: Yeah, it's it's a difficult situation when a tragedy like that happens, um, and oftentimes, you know, being a pastor, being a chaplain in law enforcement uh, for many many years, when things happen. Oftentimes, bad things happen, critical incidents, suffering, death happens. The question is asked, why did it happen, or why did God allow this to happen? And the bottom line is, Tim, I don't know. Um, We don't know everything. Um, We don't know why um, certain things happen. And this is a Christian family. This involved... A wonderful church here in Greeley that's been ministering. Uh, they were looking at opening a church and they, uh, in September, um, wanting to advertise it. And this unfortunate accident happened in Windsor that, um, of course, resulted in the death of an eight-year-old. And so mm-hmm. the main thing for us is to pray. Uh, we pray for the family. Uh, we pray for the congregation as well, because they're hurting. But why it happened, I don't know. Why accidents happen, why bad things happen to people, um, why there's death, disease, why somebody gets cancer, why a child dies, Um, we don't have the answer to all of that. But one of the things, Tim, that has helped me, uh, when I heard my pastor say, when we're confronted with things that we don't understand, fall back on the things you do understand. And we can fall back on the things of the Lord that is promised to us in his word that he'll never leave us or forsake us. Because one of the things that we think is that God forsake us, that God, you know, what's going on? Does he not love me? Is he punishing me? Is he judging me? Those are all things that can go through a person's mind when they're going through tragedy or difficulty. And we want to go back to... Resting in the assurance that the Lord, he hasn't forsaken us, that he still loves us, that he's the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our tribulations. Um, and Paul writes that when he says, when we were pressed beyond measure, we were despaired even of life when he was going through such difficulties and, and trials. We can know that um, that he's there with us and, and that... Um, that he desires to work somehow some way in eternity's values and, and perspectives but why exactly we don't know because job you know he went through all that loss didn't he oh, yeah he did even though the yeah. lord re- responded to him that we know that the lord never directly told him why job never knew that there was that heavenly scene taking place in chapters one and two. The Lord never told him exactly why the Lord, you know, allowed this to happen and Satan to to do the things that he did. And I'm not saying every loss is because of Satan or the situation, you know, isn't that heavenly scene, but everything does filter through the loving hands of our Lord. And I don't understand everything. And I I want to fall back into things that I do understand. Um, And I know that Job, yeah, even early on, he said, But as for me, I would seek God, and to God I would commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. And and he just, um, he's the one that, the one that's bruised, he binds up, and and the one that is wounded, his hands make whole. And that's encouragement that we can give to others, that, that the Lord... Turn to him, the God of comfort, and look to him when your heart is overwhelmed, when you're at the end of your world, as David writes in Psalm sixty-one, and and to commit your heart to him, that he may be your strong tower. So I don't know if that helps, Tim.
1: Well, I mean, I'm I'm trying to find a way to, because I think you know. <laughs> He goes to church occasionally, and he you know, got belief, but I think he has doubt right now. I mean, personally, I mean, my wife and I lost my stepson, her son, last year in a car accident, and, you know, if it wasn't I'm so sorry. for our faith and, you know, God and, you know, I don't know how that would have ended up, but, I mean, I, I did, we didn't question it, you know, but it wouldn't be, like, trying to make him understand that it's not God's will that bad things happen, you know, that bad things happen so people can, you know, be closer to God, seek him out. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the things I've read in the past were kind of along those lines that bad things happen. Right, people fall he... short, you know, and so God tries to bring them back into the block, you know, so it creates an yeah. issue. I'm sure that's I... not
0: true. I think, Tim... I think for me and this is um just ministering to others and it's very difficult to know the words to say. Um yeah. but I think when we try to come up with an answer that well it's just you know we live in a fallen world and that's just the way it is and yeah. we don't help people when we try to to come up with all the answers. I think yeah. what people need is our, to for us to listen, you know, to you know, listen to them, to pray with them, to come alongside and grieve with them and to yeah. let them know that you're there and um, to try to to comfort them with with Scripture as much as we can. But we can't come up with real, you know, the answer. Oh, this is why it happened. And I think when we try to do that, it can actually make things worse. And, and yeah. for your loss, I'm so sorry. Um, and, and for your loss. But I know this that, you know, even as um, Job trusted in the Lord, I can trust with you, Him, because, God, I'm going to commit my cause, because you're the one that does great and unsearchable things, marvelous things, and it's hard to to really stand on that when you're in the middle of grief and, and tragedy. So I think they need our understanding. They need our support. Um, they They need us to gently and very compassionately just come alongside of them and pray for them and be there for them?
1: Well, we're members of the of Pastor Scott's church in, in Windsor, so, I mean, yeah. we're going to... Yeah. Whatever they're doing, we're going to be on board with it, but we have to get a hold of him okay. first to see what's going on. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Tim. Tim, hey, hey can, can we just pray for that?
1: I certainly can. I can use all the prayer I can get.
0: Yeah. Father, I pray for Tim, first of all, as, as he's part of the congregation that was there in, in, in Windsor and Pastor Scott. And, and uh, if there's any way that they can be used to bring uh, comfort to that community and light, that you would use them. And I pray that you'd be with Tim as he's you, you know got a friend that uh, asks these things, as many of us that are listening do, and that we can just very gently and very compassionately, that we can give them um, the love of Christ, the comfort of Christ. Um, and Lord, just uh, be patient and, and to uh, be there to pray for them and to help in any way that we can. And Lord, um, we don't know what to say at times, but when we're confronted with things that we don't understand, to fall back into things that we do understand. So Lord, I pray for Tim that you bless him. Thank you for him calling and I pray that you would just, again, help him in any way be able to, to minister to others and the congregation there at Calvary Windsor to be able to do the same thing in that community. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, thanks, Pastor. Thanks. You bet. Thanks, brother. Okay, how this works is when somebody hangs up, there's an open line. So grab one of those open lines, 303-690-3000. You are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs. And we're going to go to Rachel in Johnstown. Rachel? Hello? How are you, Rachel? You're on Calvary Live.
3: Hi. Awesome. I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm doing good today.
3: Good. can we help you? I just have a prayer request slash like um, kind of your wisdom on my life situation right now. Um, So I am currently living in Johnstown, and... I moved here um, like in January, and I'm kind of in and out. But right now, I'm working at a job, and I'm surrounded by ungodly people and non-Christians. And I'm young, and I I don't have any like really good, solid, godly influence around me, and someone who can like. And I've been looking for a church um, recently, but I feel super isolated. And an opportunity recently came up for me to move to Illinois, and um, where it's like in Wheaton. So, there's it's like a Christian college town. And um, I already know a couple people. And I feel like God's opening doors for me over there and starting ah. to kind of close them here. Um, so, okay. I was just kind of wanting some uh, prayer about kind of more direction just so like affirm that this is god and it's not just an impulsive kind of decision
0: yeah and to give you some scripture the book of revelation in in chapter three when jesus was writing a church uh, letter to the church of philadelphia he said to them that the lord is the one that opens doors that no man shuts and he shuts doors that no man opens so the Lord is, where you're at, is either he's opening a door for you to go through or he'll shut a door. I think that where you presently are, uh, if the Lord does move you, that he'll give you a peace that rules in your heart. Colossians chapter 3. And, and Paul prays that may God, uh, you know, a peace, may he rule in your heart. And that word rule means to make the call. So God's going to make the call for you. He's going to provide for you if he wants you to go to Illinois. Um, and if, you know, having a peace that rules in your heart, um, then um, he's going to open doors for you and provide for you to go. And it's a step mm-hmm. of faith. Okay. Um, if he want if he wants you to stay, then again, um, that he closes doors that, that no man opens. And when he closes the door, don't try to go through it, okay? You just end up banging okay. your head against the door, and it hurts, and it's painful, but, <laughs> yeah. but also, also Isaiah chapter 30 declares um, that, um, that as we go to him, and as we wait on him, then he promises that he'll speak to us. And that's what he was telling the children of Israel. He said, Woe to the rebellious children of Israel, for you seek counsel, but not of me. And they were going to Egypt and getting the world's advice and going to the fast Arabian horses, and he said, it's not going to help you. Pharaoh's not going to help you. Those Arabian horses, you know, to use them is going to be in vain. But in returning um, to me um, is going to be where you're going to find rest. Um, and, and coming back to me is is where I'm going to work. So we're to go to the Lord. As he says, uh, you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But then he said this, but you wouldn't come. So... The first thing to do is go to him. Go to him and really say, Lord, I need to hear from you. You know, I I got this situation. Um, Do I move to Wheaton? Um, Do I, you know, get plugged in there? Or do I stay here? And then you wait on him because therefore the Lord uh, will wait that he may be gracious to you. Blessed are all those who wait for him. So he promises blessing as you wait for him. And then your ear shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk in it, whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So he promises he'll be a voice behind you in that still small voice saying, go to the left and go to the right. So that's a real key for you. But I do want to give you some encouragement, Rachel, because even as you're in Johnstown and you're at a job where, you know, um, there's a worldly people or those who are non-believers and it it begins to have an effect on you whether you stay here or whether you go to wheaton it's really important that you get tied in and you get connected to a church family that other christians all of us Mm -hmm. as christians need that especially today and um so you want to make sure that you do that right away Uh, whether you're here for another few months or whether you're here for six months to find a church locally that you can go and be in fellowship and and be in the word um and and to be encouraged and prayed for because we need that um, you need to have a place where um you can go and get away from the world and and from that and be encouraged and uplifted. I think that fellowship today is so vital and it's a commandment of the Lord because in Hebrews chapter ten we're told don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together and he goes on to say as the manner, some of you especially as you see the day approaching and we're seeing the day approach um mm-hmm. the day of the lord the lord's coming back so it's really important for you rachel to be in fellowship um to be in the word to be uh making those relationships whether you stay here or whether you go to wheaton okay
3: right yeah okay yeah so thank you so much can I, yeah
0: can can i pray for you
3: Absolutely,
0: yeah. Father, I pray for Rachel. I pray that as she's in Johnstown, that, that, Lord, that you would just guide her and direct her as she goes to you, as she waits on you, that she would hear from you, whether to go left or right, whether to stay or whether to go to Illinois. I pray that uh, you would um, open doors that no man shut, or you shut the doors that no man can open, but you lead and guide her in every way, and that she would have a peace about it, Speak to her in that still, small voice. And Lord, I pray for Rachel that you would um, help her make those relationships with Christians and uh, get involved in a fellowship or church um, that uh, will encourage her, pray for her, bless her, uh, just uh, help her grow in the Word of God, and there be fellowship there. And I just pray you do that work in her life. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, Rachel, there are a lot of good churches around up here in northern Colorado. And so hopefully, you know, in the meantime, you can find something. Johnstown's only about 15 minutes away from Greeley. So I'd love to meet you and and just um, be able to bless you in any way that we can. Or there's other churches uh, as well that are close by to you. Okay?
3: Okay. Yeah, definitely we'll take a visit.
0: Okay. Appreciate it. All
3: right. Thank you.
0: All right, Rachel. God bless you. You too we have open lines 303 690 3000 speaking of services we have church tomorrow night or midweek service we're going through the book of Isaiah here at Calvary Chapel Greeley and it's been an incredible study love Isaiah uh his um, his writing you know of course inspired by god um, but um, just uh, the promises that are there even as i just read from Isaiah chapter 30 it's so incredible and it's so wonderful so um, come out and join us if you can for a midweek study and wednesday nights where we have worship and we got a place for all the kids from nursery children's ministry um, middle schoolers high schoolers meet uh, it's just a wonderful time uh, god's just doing awesome things in our wednesday night service and then also sunday morning three services 8 nine thirty, and 11 o'clock and we are going through 1 John, and 1 John is such a practical book. It's been so wonderful, and, and just love 1 John. So come out and join us if you can for Sunday morning, 8, 9, 30, 11 o'clock. Children's ministry available, and, and middle schoolers meet, and and it's just a wonderful time in the things of the Lord. So check out our website, com, and we're easy to find. You have directions there. And i uh, love to meet you, your family, be able to serve you guys uh, in any way that we can. And, uh, and I think it's important, as I just mentioned to Rachel, to be in fellowship, to, to be involved with a group of believers. And I want to encourage you that uh, if you aren't in fellowship, to find a church, a, a group of believers that you can plug into, because we really need it. It is so dark um, in, um, in this culture and it is so dark out there and we want to be able to um to encourage one another be plugged in and to be able to um you know be encouraged in that way we need that fellowship we need a place where we can grow in God's word make good relationships and be prayed for hey 3036903000 i'm not showing anything and um up on the skype so let's go to uh, the inbox and our uh, text questions. And there is one that came up that's kind of interesting um, that says, Do Christians have a guardian angel? And uh, it's a good question because that gets asked a lot. Um, there's two primary uh, passages that I know of of the New Testament that I can think of concerning this whole idea of guardian angels. One's found in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 10. Uh, that says that um, Jesus saying that, see that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. And then you have an interesting story in the book of Acts, and in Acts chapter twelve we see that Peter was put in prison by um, by uh, Herod, and uh, there is the believers. That are praying for his release. And as Peter is released miraculously, we know that uh, he comes to the house. He's at the outside of the house. He's knocking on the door. And there was a woman named uh, Rhoda that recognized Peter's voice. And she runs back upstairs and says, I think it's Peter that's out there knocking on the door. And they said, Oh, Rhoda, you're beside yourself. It's just his angel. So there is a number of Um, theologians that have concluded from those two verses that every believer must have his or her own guardian angel. It is certainly possible uh, from those two texts uh, that a believer has a specific guardian angel. There are even some that have suggested that in the seven letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3, that uh, perhaps that um, to the messenger of the church that that messenger um, may be an angel, so maybe churches have angels. We know that Paul would write to the Corinthians that, um, you know, make sure that there's order in the church because the angels are watching. So we don't know for sure. It is possible that Christians have guardian angels, that a church has a guardian angel, but theologians kind of argue that, well, uh, you can't make that Argument for sure, because Matthew chapter eighteen uh talks about um, that that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven, so um, it's not specifically with the little ones, and then um you know we know that uh, maybe perhaps there's multitude of angels that are around us uh, I don't know, uh, but uh, it may be that there is a possibility. Of guardian angels, but keep in mind that angels are real um and um they are there to minister ministering spirits for us so kind of an interesting question so we are gonna get ready to go to a break and um and so we're gonna uh, continue with the phone lines uh, as you call in, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And text line is 720-336-0897. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs. Uh, the whole thing about angels is, uh, I just wanted to add with that text question, is this, that um, there are some circles of the Church that really get into angels. Angels are, are real. Uh, they're mentioned all throughout the Scriptures. The ministering spirits. Uh, but they're not to be worshipped. And the Lord is the one that is ultimately our protector, our provider. So the roles of, of angels, how much they are involved in our lives, uh, we don't really know. We also know that angels, um, that they are mentioned in a company, uh, uh, Lazarus in Luke chapter 16, to paradise. So there's some hints in it, but we can't say for sure. Um, so... Anyway, good question. Good question about there is a spirit world out there with uh, ministering spirits, angels, and fallen angels as well. But we're going to go to break. Hey, um, Cassidy, we'll be right back to get your question. And we have open lines, so give me a call during the break, and we'll see you on the other side of the break. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Pastor Jeff Fix of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. So blessed to be with you on this beautiful fall day and uh, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and uh, point you to Scripture, to God's truth. Uh, so give me a call. We have some open lines, 303-690-3000. Let me give you that text line again. You can text in a question or a prayer request and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord um, and be able to pray with you. So um, we want to continue with phone lines with um, Cassidy in Denver. Am I saying that right, Cassidy?
2: It's chastity.
0: Chastity, I'm sorry. Chastity. No, so, that's okay. How are you today? Thanks for calling I'm in to Calvary Live.
2: I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I guess it's a quick question, but not really. I recently had a conversation with my son and his girlfriend, and they had, I just have a, like I said, a question. Um, they had recently asked me, How do I know that our God is the one true God besides what the Bible tells us?
4: Yeah. So how do and we know
2: a, that the other gods that are out there like buddha or all these other gods that people pray to how do we know that they're not the true yeah. god
0: and you know chastity i think that's one of the questions that a lot of young people have that what we are hearing from those on the college campus uh from those um that are young that because they're being bombarded of how do you know you Christians how can you say that your god is the one true god and i think there's a couple things for them to really consider number 1 is we have the scriptures given to us when i was young i used to think well what's the difference between christianity um you know hinduism all this stuff they all believe in god which one is really true and I yeah. began to look at the uniqueness of the Bible. That was one thing that I looked at. And the big thing was prophecy, the prophecy in there that this book is the only book that dares to prophesy um, and give very specific prophecy. We're going through Isaiah, and and Isaiah over and over again, as he's pleading to the people, speaking the words of the Lord, the Lord is saying, I alone am God. I alone am God. There is no God for formed before me no god after me there's no other savior there's no other god i'm the creator who created heaven and earth that's a theme that keeps coming up because they were worshiping many other gods they were worshiping the idols and he goes on to say that i am the one that can declare the end from the beginning and he is this book is the only book that dares to prophesy And God claims, as he declares the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand. And so you have this incredible book that has prophecy that as you look at the life and ministry of Jesus Christ, his birth, um, death, burial, and resurrection, how the Old Testament spoke of his first coming, all of those prophecies being fulfilled to the very letter. So you have that part, but here's what really makes Christianity unique compared to all the other religions. You see, they came to Jesus and they said, Show us a sign. We want to know that you are Messiah, that you came from from heaven. And Jesus said that this is the sign um, that's going to be given. He said, Just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a large fish so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth and what we know from that is jesus is saying that a sign is going to be to this generation and to every generation is going to be the resurrection and here's what makes christianity unique there's an empty tomb in jerusalem confucius buddha You know, Muhammad, they're all in their grave. Uh Only Jesus Christ rose from the grave. Only Jesus proved that he is the Son of God by conquering sin and death. No one else died for them on the cross. No one else rose from the grave validating what he did and that truly he is God. So that really is, when you get to the bottom line, just as it was predicted in the Old Testament, that he would die he would be buried he would rise again truly he did and there is no body in the tomb no other religious leader did that so that's to me is the you know the validation of that what our god declares to us in the scriptures concerning you know salvation who he is sending his son to die for us that christianity is unique of of that he says, I am the true God. There is no other. I am God, and there's none like me. And he has proved it by sending his Son to die for us and then rose from the grave. Does okay. that help?
2: well, thank you. Yes, very much. Thank you so much.
0: Always take them, take them to the resurrection and of Jesus Christ. And that's the very foundation of our faith. And And that's one of the things that, that I tell young people. He rose from the grave. Every other religious leader is in the tomb. They're they're in their grave. Only Jesus Christ rose from the grave. And, and to really bring them to that point of, what are you going to do about the resurrection? And then you can go to First Corinthians chapter 15. People say, well, did he really rise from the grave? Well, look at the witnesses. Um, Paul says there's 500 people that saw him at once. So there's good, good evidence that Jesus rose from the grave when you look at it logically, objectively. If there was a court of law that um, he had 500 witnesses that came along and said, this is what happened, this is the person that did this thing, that would be overwhelming evidence. So take him through the Scriptures, the resurrected Jesus, and and those who you know um, saw him, Paul, uh, the apostles, they didn't die for a lie. Uh, they died for the truth because Jesus rose from the grave. And and Jesus as he declared that he would do that, validating he's the son of God. He also declared that I am the way, the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. He did not say that he was a way. He said he is the way. The
2: way, yes.
0: He is the way. So make sure that you stand on that and help them see that. And and you know, we've been seeing it just going through those chapters of Isaiah, um, as he he says, "Look to me and be saved." He says that you're precious to me; you belong to me. I have loved you, and he's pleading with them that I'm the true God, and we have the resurrection to point people to. Okay.
2: Okay. Thank you again so very much.
0: Thank you for calling. I...
2: You have a great day.
0: You too. Bye okay. bye 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 -bye. the resurrection of jesus christ is the very foundation of our faith and so i love to point people and here's what makes christianity unique all other religions say this is what you have to do to gain approval of god or make it to heaven christianity uniquely says that it's based on what he did on the cross at calvary the greatest need of any man or any woman is to be forgiven of sin and So um, Jesus is the only one that has provided that by going to the cross, making atonement for our sins, shedding his blood for you and for me, and then that he also would cry from the cross, it is finished. And in that statement, he said that the price is paid. I've done the work, and now we come in faith. And it's so wonderful. So it's not based our our faith and our salvation on what we do. It's based on what he does. Has done on the cross of Calvary. So, hey, we got open uh, lines. No, we do have some open lines. Excuse me, three zero three six nine zero three thousand. But we are going to go to Joanne in Inglewood. Joanne?
2: Uh, yes, yes, I'm here.
0: How are you? I
2: just, just fine. How are you? I am good. I just wanted to add something to the lady you were just speaking with. You know, even nature speaks of resurrection. I mean, we have daylight, and then it seems like the day dies, and yet it is reborn the next day. And the same with all the seasons. Uh, it's as if God sent up a pattern that we should be able to recognize, that there is something lost, but then it is reborn.
0: Yeah, and, you know, Romans chapter 1 speaks a little bit about that, that... Um, as Paul is, is talking about how um, God is the one that uh, he makes himself um, known in creation, and I'll read it to you, You're probably familiar with it. Uh, he says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. So he talks about it, and of course, Paul, as he opens up the book of Romans, he gives the theme of the book of Romans, saying that, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And it is in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith that is written, the just shall live by faith. And he goes on and says, hey, creation testifies that there is a God, a a creator, and that's again what Isaiah was saying, that there's a creator. It's it's evident around you. I create it, but then the gospel is presented to us as God has revealed in the scriptures that the gospel is the one that has the power for everyone to who believes for salvation. And that's the wonderful message. So appreciate your yeah. thoughts, Joanne. Yeah. And you know, here here's the thing, Joanne, too, is is I remember when I was in college and I was um, at a university here, CSU, um, and I was in a science major. So you had a lot of, uh, you know, biology. um, You had a lot of ecology classes. I I was a forestry major. And you, you learned a lot about evolution and different ecosystems and all that. And I remember learning that, Joanne, and I remember thinking that this, just didn't happen by chance there was a wonderful creator you know the yeah. complexity yeah. and the diversity of of life and ecosystem and how god made it isn't it's wonderful and 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 it's all connected together so there was a design and a wonderful creator and then the bible comes along and gives us um the reveals god how he created uh, the heavens and the earth how man sinned and then he loved us so much, he sent his son to give us hope. And you know, the neat thing about it, Joanne, is he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth someday, and we're going to be a part of that for all eternity. And it's going to be wonderful. Yes, yes so,
2: it will be. Well, great. Yeah, have be. a good evening.
0: Thanks for calling. Appreciate your your uh, comments on that, Joanne.
4: All right.
0: Bye-bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call. We still have some time. In the show I'd love to hear from you to be able to ask questions and uh, be able to call in and talk about the things of the Lord and so we can go to our our, uh, text questions and um, one of the questions I'll try to read it and just um, kind of get to the gist of the question Um, family recently coming to the Lord Jesus Christ that's wonderful Uh, my wife my oldest daughter reading the Bible daily but as you know some things we do not understand. As I listen to Grace FM, I hear all the pastors talking about commentaries. What is the best or better commentary to purchase to help us with our studies? Thank you, and God bless you and your ministries. And that is a good question. Um, there is, you know, as we come to know the scriptures, it's we want to read the scriptures, we want to know the scriptures. Um, and sometimes it's nice to have that, that commentary um, that is there. And Um, to help us. I personally, a good overall commentary is Warren Worsby. And Warren Worsby is called The Pastor uh, of Pastors. And I love his commentary because he writes so well and he makes it um, understanding as you go through it. So he has a commentary of uh, all of the Bible. So there's good commentaries that are out there. There's some online commentaries as well like um, Enduring Word with David Guzik. That is one that I've used for years and years and years. And Pastor David Guzik is a wonderful Bible teacher. He has a commentary, I believe, on just about all the books of the Bible. So that's another source for you. Uh, And then um, there's Blue Letter Bible that you can go to online as well and that will bring up all kinds of different Bible teachers and different commentaries, and you can start going through it. So that's a, a good start, and I don't want to overwhelm uh, you with commentaries and stuff, but those are two um, that I really like um, to to use uh, as commentaries. Warren Worsby, and then um, I have others that I use as well, but Blue Letter Bible is another word uh, that I like to use, um, and... Um, to be able to go through so hey we have some some lines that are open i believe we have all open lines so give me a call at 303-690-3000 you're listening to calvary live with pastor jeff figs and we can continue with the text questions um there is a prayer request that has come in that uh, pastor jeff can you please pray for my dad he was hospitalized this morning and will undergo a series of tests in the morning he's 80 I don't know where he is with the Lord. His name is Ben. So thank you, and God bless you. So if you'd like to join with me to pray for uh, Ben, as Lord, we do lift him up, and uh, we just pray for this one who is hospitalized. He's going through a series of tests. Uh, He's an elderly man, um, and um, his son doesn't know um, where uh, his dad is at, so I just pray that he would have the words to be able to speak to his dad, uh, to be able to share with him um, your love and provision uh, through Jesus Christ. I pray that you would minister um, it to Ben and and bring healing to him. Is what we pray. Uh, help the doctors diagnose what's going on uh, to be able to treat him. But most of all, we pray that um, there would be this certainty of the hope of Jesus Christ in his heart and that you would help, um, you know, his heart to be opened up to you and his eyes opened up to you, Lord. Soften his heart to hear from his son. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I just want to encourage you uh, to keep praying for the people around you in your life, uh, for um, those that we love, Those that we care for, Um, we want to continue to pray uh, for um, those that um, don't know the Lord. Um, Continue to pray for them and lift them up to the Lord and be a light to them. It's so important today in our lives to be able to do that. Well, let's go to Bianca um, in Aurora. Bianca?
4: How are you doing?
0: I'm good, Bianca. How are you?
4: I'm doing pretty good. I just have a good. prayer request. Um, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to, but okay. this friend has had epilepsy her whole life, and, and I'm just asking for prayer because there's nothing impossible for the Lord to do, and... Right. She's actually been teaching me a few lessons which I believe can potentially open the door for her to receive healing. She doesn't know the Lord.
0: Okay. And yeah. So
4: yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, absolutely. Father, I thank you for Bianca calling in and her friend that you know who she is that is struggling with epilepsy. First of all, pray for her salvation, that you would open up her heart to the gospel, that you would help Bianca to be able to minister the love of Jesus Christ, the gospel, the truth, with great compassion, and and Lord, that wisdom that you would give to Bianca. And I thank you for Bianca's uh, caring heart for her friend. And um, Lord, we just pray also for a healing because we know that we can. Um, That you would heal her physically, that you would strengthen her body, that Lord, that um, you would do that work. And and Lord, but we know that you can heal anything because you're the creator of everything. And Lord, we just lift that up. But more than anything, salvation would come to her and um, that she would be made alive spiritually. Um, So, we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
4: Amen. Thanks a lot. Bye. I
0: bet, Bianca, it's good to hear from Mm -hmm. you. God bless you. Let's go to Blythe in Inglewood. Blythe, you there? Blythe? Yes. How are you? Good, how are you? I am doing good.
4: You got a question hey, for me? Yeah, my question. Um, so I heard the question about um
3: the guy who was looking for a good commentary and I was wondering yeah. whether sorry I'm all out of breath. Um whether you guys or you personally believe that scripture is okay to use or like says that it's like um
4: okay to use the message translation as either just a commentary or as actual scripture. Does that make sense?
0: yeah i i know where you are getting that personally i don't like the message um mm-hmm. because it's not a it's not a translation um it's a prayer phrase and um so you know it's it's a prayer phrase and and the the you know person who who you know created the message <coughs> said you know he wanted to bring the New testament to life to two different types of people those who hadn't read the bible because it seemed too distant And irrelevant in those who had read the Bible so much that it had become old hat. And that concerns me a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So, the word of God, uh, to get a good translation, a word for word translation, I think is important. Um, So, personally, I don't like the message. I like, I want to know what God's word says, and and I want to know it word for word, not a paraphrase or what somebody else says. so, with the message, there's um, just a lot of criticism with Bible scholars about it, and um, it kind of sometimes you read it, and I haven't read all of it or gone through it, but what I've read sometimes is more like a novel um, hmm. than God's you know word being spoken to me. Um, so um, that's my thought on the message I, I think it's really important to get a good word for word translation and then a good strong Bible teacher and there's many of them that are out there in commentaries uh, that I just mentioned one or two that are out there to go along with it and um, so that's that's my thought on that
4: okay cool thank you I appreciate it
0: Yeah absolutely and a good question so um, a lot of common a lot of translations out there and stuff so mm-hmm. uh, anyhow um, get a good good word for word translation and that'll be helpful all right
4: Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much.
0: You hey, bet, Bly. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, we got time for another question or two 303 690 3000. And um, lots of translations that are out there. Get a good word for word translation, and I think that will be a blessing. Well, we're waiting for phone calls. Um, so um, just want to go to our text line and let me pull something out asking for prayer. Um, dealing with um, some issues here. And then also, um, let's go ahead and pray for that. Lord, I do pray for this one that that, um, is praying for just sin that's in their life. And and we don't have to get specific on it. But Lord, um, they're dealing um, with um, just issues of immorality. And I pray that you would help them, be with them. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would guide them. Um, so Lord, I do pray that you would uh, minister to them by the power of the Holy Spirit, helping them to be free um, f- from the bondage of sin. And Lord, we need you because we war with the flesh, and, and we can get um, so involved in these sins that it just, it begins to strangle us spiritually, and And begin to hold us in bondage and i pray that as we understand that the holy spirit dwelling in our hearts empowering us to live a life for you for even as peter said that everything's been given to us that pertains to life and godliness that you would help this individual be free from the struggles of the flesh and that as we walk in the spirit we won't fulfill the desires of the flesh even as galatians tells us so be with this individual pray I pray that you bless them be with them and and help them in every way in Jesus name amen hey we need the lord so much the power of the holy spirit working in our lives because we war with the flesh and we want to make sure that that we are you know renewing our minds with the word of god that that we are crying out for help for god to give us the power to be free from that the power that only god can give and and you know, Lord, fill me, fill me with your Holy Spirit, empower me to live a life for you. Hey, we got a few more minutes, let's go ahead and go to the text line. There's a, a, a question that uh, perhaps can be asked a lot. If you commit suicide, do you believe that you will not go to paradise? And that is something that, um, that gets asked a lot, and particularly as a, a pastor. We hear a lot about suicide. And um, unfortunately, it is increasing. I just want to say, first of all, if you are struggling with that, talk to somebody, get help. There are people to help you. Um, to, to, to call a church, talk to a pastor, call a, canc- a counselor. There's the suicide hotline. So anytime that you're feeling that, talk with your family. Please get help. I want to start out by saying that. Um, that is not the answer. We are to choose life. We always have hope in Jesus Christ. And, and maybe there's somebody listening today that you're struggling with suicidal thoughts. Please remember this. The Lord loves you, and he wants to work in your life, and he, he um, wants to, to give you strength and to help you in this time. But please talk to somebody. Get help. Uh, get help from your church. Get help from your family, if you can, from somebody, uh, somebody at school or whatever. That's the first thing. To answer the question directly, the Bible doesn't say that if you commit suicide that you're eternally lost. It's not the will of God, but um, it's not an unforgivable sin, as we see in the scriptures. So we want to make sure that um, that yeah that this is not God's will. But um, sometimes when somebody um, has a loved one that has gone through suicide, some of the most cruel words can be spoken to them. While, you know, they're not in heaven, they're in hell, Christians struggle with it. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, we were praying for uh, a church out in Southern California that the pastor, the senior pastor, the lead pastor of a large church, took his own life and left a wife and three beautiful young boys and and so we, um, we're praying for them. But um, we always want to make sure um, that we answer biblically and right and give comfort to others. But the Bible doesn't say that committing suicide, that you're eternally lost. It's not the will of God. Um, we always want to choose life, uh, but it's not an unforgivable sin that we see. It's, suicide's not spoken in any kind of light in the Scriptures at all. So please. Uh, be praying for those who struggle with um, just, you know, depression, um, anxiousness, hopelessness, suicidal thoughts. Please pray for them. Reach out to them. And if you are, please make sure that you're getting hope um, and getting um, the message of hope and, and getting help in any way that you can. So good question. I think it's worth uh, just stopping and going through that that text question Uh, because it is something that we're hearing a lot about, unfortunately, today uh, in in our culture and in the societies uh, that we are in. Um, Anyway, um, we're near the end of the show, and I appreciate you calling in, everyone who is part of this show. God bless you, and you have a great evening.